listeners, and welcome to the NK News podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut. Today, it is Saturday, the 15th of January in Seoul, and I'm joined via Zoom from Switzerland by Beat Hechler, who is director and curator of the Swiss Alpine Museum in Bern, to talk about Let's Talk About Mountains, a filmic approach to North Korea. Before we get started, I'd like to remind all of you, please, to leave a review of this podcast so more people can find us with the algorithm on the internet. Secondly, check out nknews.org and consider buying a subscription so that you can have a full year of excellent journalism written by my colleagues at NK News. Thirdly, check out our shop at nknews.org shop for all of our merchandise, including our NK leadership chart, art posters, and more. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or guest recommendations, please send them to us at podcast at nknews.org. All right, so my guest today is director and curator of the Swiss Alpine Museum in Bern, Switzerland. His name is Beat Hechler. You can find the museum online at alpinesmuseum.ch and on Twitter at alpinesmuseum, one word. That's alpine with an S, alpinesmuseum, one word. Uh, welcome on the show, Beat. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to talk to you and to learn a little bit more about your museum and also the exhibition that you have on right now. I want to thank you for sending me some of the film clips from your exhibition uh, that allowed me to get an idea of uh, what's going on there. Uh, first of all, let's start with the museum. Tell us a little bit about the Alpines Museum. What does it try to do and show? Uh, it's it's quite an old institution. It was founded in, in 1905 uh, in Bern, in the federal capital of, of Switzerland, so in a, in a city. Mm -hmm. And it was founded by private people, by the Swiss Alpine Club. Uh -huh. And in the 30s, it became then a national museum with the support of, of the state of Switzerland. And I think it's quite typical that in the 30s, with the fascism in, in the north and in the south of Switzerland, yeah. that the Alps became something very patriotic, something uh, important. And I arrived in 2011 in the, in the museum, and it was the period to create uh, a new, a more open concept. And mm. our core interest today is the relationship between men and, and mountain, and not only in Switzerland or in the Alpine region, mm -hmm. sometimes even worldwide. So mm. it's more a cultural, anthropological approach. And we also focus more on topics of the present and the future. So right. not only history. Uh, so the Alpine Museum today it's also a space, uh, a place to, to debate about contemporary uh, questions. And, and we have a lot of events and meetings. So it's not just an old museum with the glass boxes. <laughs> so yeah. it's more about a, a contemporary approach. Okay. Now, your museum is dedicated to the Swiss Alps. But as you said, you are located in the city of, of Bern. And now I've never been to Switzerland, so I, I'm not sure about the geography. How far from the mountains is your museum? Yes, it's you in, in uh, when it's nice weather, you really can see the, the, the high mountains. It is 4,000 meter uh, yeah. mountains, so it's not so far away, ah. but it's 
quite typical for, for European uh, development, uh, this relationship to the Alps that in several cities, so in the, the, the first Alpine Museum was created in Torino, Italy, and then mm. came Bern and afterwards in Munich. So they never built these Alpine museums in the mountains, they right. built it in the cities. And right. I think the, the mountains as an idea are uh, a kind of product of the of urban people. They went yeah. to the mountains to do sports or to do to 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 relax or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's quite typical that these institutions um, found a place in, in in an urban environment. Hmm. Okay. Ah, that's interesting. So so it's not <laughs> it's not as if you can walk directly from the door of the museum straight up into the mountains. Then you you have to travel a little a little distance. Then you really have to hike a little bit, yes, but mm. um, but uh, it's not 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 really far away. Yeah. Uh, in uh, South Korea, there is also a mountain museum in in Sokcho, so it's it's oh, yeah. quite near to the to the Saroksan Mountains, and yeah. it's a little bit another concept. Okay, so that brings us to Korea. So Switzerland is a country that has a lot of mountains, and Swiss people love their mountains, and Korea, north and south, is a country that has a lot of mountains and Korean people love their mountains. Is that what the two countries, Switzerland and Korea, have in common? Yes, I, I think so. It's, it's, maybe it seems to be too banal to, to mm -hmm. be important, but I think every mountain country has culturally a special relationship uh, with mountains. Mm. So they have quite a strong impact on ideology. I think... Uh, if I compare the, the history in, in uh, North Korea, the, the narrative they tell today uh, about uh, anti-Japanese struggles, uh, yeah. and when I compare it to, to Switzerland, to the narrative of World War II, when mm -hmm. they uh, said we have to go in, a, in, in the mountains to yeah. defend the, the, the country. So it's, I think the mountains as a symbol also for protection against uh, all the powers outside is is quite uh, you find this in in different different places mountains are also a spiritual place so yeah. it's important for spirituality for religions uh, and i think uh, also the economical um, conditions especially for agricultural are quite uh, similar the problems they have mm. of course it's completely diverse political systems, but there are some, some elements uh, which you can compare, or at least uh, it allows you to, to have an approach to speak about something you have in common. Mm, okay. Now, let's talk about, let's talk about mountains, a filmic <laughs> approach to North Korea. This is the, the name of the current exhibition that you have there until uh, early July, I believe. How did the idea for this project come about? Yes, first was the, uh, the perception that North Korea has a topography. Mm. And this is really banal, but uh, I think most of the Europeans have no imagination about the topography or the landscape of, of North Korea. They just think about the political system. Yeah. And for me, it was exactly the same. Uh, I was 2014 at the Biennale in, in Venice in the South Korean pavilion. Mm. And in, in this exhibition was presented a, a private collection by Nick Bonner, the yep. entrepreneur in, in Beijing and with his travel agencies. 
and he presented their posters with utopian architecture in, in North Korea. Right. And all these posters showed a very hilly and mountainous landscape. And for me, it was like the key experience mm -hmm. when I realized North Korea is, is full of mountains. I never thought about that. And yeah. this could be a, a kind of, of approach. Uh, and, and then started this, this idea to, to do some research, to, 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 to know more about, about this country. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I realized a lot of my friends and colleagues, they, they had no idea about that point. Mm. And one of the, the videos that you shared with me from your exhibition uh, makes the point that um, the tallest mountain on the Korean peninsula, uh, Pektusan, uh, and the yeah. second tallest mountain on the Korean peninsula, Hallasan, down on, on Jeju Island, are actually, both of those mountains are part of the same mountain range, the uh, Pektu Degan, the, uh, the, which is basically like a spine of the whole Korean peninsula. Exactly. That was, of course, uh... Uh, it's, it's quite similar in a way to the to the situation in the Alps mm. uh, that that the mountains are not so much a barrier, mm -hmm. uh, which is a border, and uh, it's more something linking uh, uh, completely different regions yeah. and and with 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 long traditions of exchange from one side of the mountain to the other side. And I think on the Korean Peninsula, the value of these mountains is also that it's a symbol of something which gets uh, comes together or should be together and i think this this meaning of the mountains is not an invention we had to do or we had to, to to say to the people that's that's very present and of course it's also um by the used sometimes by the politics especially yeah. in 2018 when, when president moon jae-in came to north korea and they uh, went to the Pektusan, and mm -hmm. of course, it's a, a symbolism they, they really use, and that helped us to establish the idea why we do this project. That's right, and he went back, to, or he came back to South Korea with some mushrooms from Pektusan, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh -huh. uh, and, <laughs> and when he went to North Korea, he brought with him boxes of tangerines from Jeju-do, the island where Hallasan is located. Yes. So there's this sort of trading <laughs> yeah, exactly. of, of products from the, the northern <laughs> and southern extremes of Korea. Yes. Uh, in an, a, a newspaper interview, you said that this project, let's talk about mountains, was the most laborious and difficult project that you have ever tackled. Why is that? <laughs> yes, from the first idea to the opening day of the exhibition, I think it, it, we needed uh, seven years. And normally I have a project horizon of two or three years. Wow. And uh, normally a project development is a question of content and, and money to yeah. find financiation. And in this case, we had to get, uh, of course, first uh, official permission uh, by the North Koreans for our project. So mm -hmm. we had a, another player. And the player, we, we had no idea how they um, how they think about the whole thing. So uh, in Bern, of course, there are embassies. Also, the North Koreans mm. uh, are, are there in the embassy, but not in the city. They are in a in another place called Muri. It's it's near Bern, and they live in a residential zone of uh, villas and mm. uh, and uh, and houses. And we went there and. Uh, just to present uh, our concept. So the filmmaker and me, 
And when we entered uh, in this house, in, in the lobby of this, of this villa, the first yeah. thing we saw was a huge oil painting of Pectuzan. Sure. And then in the room where we had our presentation was a second uh, painting with Pectuzan. Yeah. So we, we already knew, okay, uh, let's talk about mountains. It's, it's not, some, it's not uh, a completely alien idea. So we, we yes. really could, could open doors with this. And so it was then they transferred all this uh, material to Pyongyang. And some weeks later, I get the phone call that they would, uh, that they favorite, uh, no, that are positive to this, to this idea. And they, yeah. that, that then we could organize all the questions we had to organize. So tell us a, a bit about the, the process of it. How many times did you visit North Korea in, in making this exhibition? And what were you trying to do in North Korea? Yes. Um, yes, I think our approach, the basic idea is through our media information we have in, in our Swiss media. And I, I don't speak so much about NK News mm -hmm. because I know it now a little bit better. Yes. But this normal media information is, is very limited. So uh, our image about North Korea is more or less only all the deficits and all the lacks of, of human rights, of nutrition, of mm -hmm. all these problems. And we thought we like to discover uh, <laughs> a little bit the people, the human beings behind mm. these walls and to have a kind of, of dialogue so that we, we like to go there to ask questions and, and to listen and not to comment in the same moment. We saw a lot of documentaries in our preparation of the project. And with the time, I couldn't see them anymore because you always had a kind of teacher in the background who told you when you see an image, what you have to think when you see this image. Yeah. So it's always like all these comments always. So we thought, no, it's, it's maybe it's important just to listen, even when the people say things we really can't believe that they are true, or mm. maybe maybe they even uh, answer the question, they answer something different. But it's a, a real situation to go to a country and to ask people and to to be in exchange of of, of a, and we like to film these moments almost in real time, so not with the very fast direction of the, of, of the film, but mm -hmm. uh, really as I would be in this moment there and I just uh, listen to this person or I'm may maybe sitting on a chair or on a bank in, in the park and I'm just um, looking what, what is happening here. And I think with this method, um, it's a very slow exhibition. It's mm -hmm. not spectacular, but it gives you the sensation sometimes to be there in this moment. And we didn't know that in that, when we did it, um, that uh, one year later we have Corona and COVID. Yeah. And now in this situation where people couldn't travel at all, we, we got now a lot of feedbacks that people said, it was like, I, I have done uh, myself, the, the, the travel, the trip through, yeah. through, through North Korea. And I think that, I think that's uh, an important element that, that we didn't, had a, uh, a prefabricated idea what what should be the the, the result what yeah. what this film produces it, it was just uh, really like a like a research uh, work in a way a field work to, right. to show what what people do and think and say 
Now, what kind of questions were you asking to your North Korean interview subjects when you were filming them? It was quite clear in the beginning that we don't ask political questions mm -hmm. uh, and it's what's not it's it's in a kind of non-political <laughs> approach but yeah. of course uh, we are not naive that everything is political and so sure. uh, let's talk about mountains this title is is an expression of this non-political approach yeah. but then when you speak about mountains in the school so we were in the school lessons in history in geography mm -hmm. in drawing lessons and then when they teach uh, the, the story, the history about Pek Tusan, then of course it's full of ideology yeah. in, in, in our perspective. And in the North Korean perspective is the patriotic uh, fights against the Japanese. Yeah. And of course, to realize this and to ask them about these lessons, so we could really talk about completely different aspects of a North Korean reality uh, in the school about more ideology in the Mansuda art factory it was about painting mountains mm -hmm. but then we could of course talk about why this painter paints the mountains as he painted it yes. and then you realize also a little bit about the art uh, about the, the differences between two mountain painters we met two mountain painters uh -huh. and we realized they have completely different concepts how they paint the mountains and uh -huh. what is important in painting the mountains so you learn quite fast that that this uh, superficially seen uh, equal uh, ideology has very little, very little micro differences, and mm. and it's necessary a little bit to to go deeper and and to see this. So to 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 see a kind of individuality in this uh, uniformation yeah. is uh, was for us quite uh, the most one of the most interesting uh, points. And sometimes uh, with these quite easy questions. Mm -hmm we find out that sometimes they can speak about their own emotions and feelings, but it was quite hard for them to speak mm. about individual things. And sometimes in the end of the, uh, of the interviews, they, they had a kind of formula to thank to, the great, to yes. the great leader, maybe for the landscape or for this nice park or so. But it's, it's like, like in a letter in the 18th century, when, when the Europeans uh, wrote a letter and in the end they said they had a, a big formula to, to give the, the goodbye and the thanks to the person who get the letter. Mm -hmm. So with time you, you realize, of course, it, um, in this answer are different elements. And sometimes you also learn to read maybe between the lines or... Um, uh, we also try to ask sometimes very, very simple questions, uh, like uh, asking the ski teacher in Mazikriang, what is mm. your favorite brand? And then he asked the translator, may I answer this question? Yes. And, and then uh, the other said, yes, you can. And then he says, Rossignol, so this, this French mm -hmm. ski brand. And I think in this little detail is a much bigger story. And that was a little bit um, our task to, to find out in yeah. these simple answers and simple questions to find out a little bit more.
Yeah, I think it's, of course, it's it's worth bearing in mind if when you're viewing this exhibition that unlike if, for example, if I wanted to go to uh, to Switzerland and interview Swiss people about the Alps, I can just talk to somebody on a mountain and, and ask them a question. But when you're doing that in North Korea, there is always at least an interpreter with you and maybe also one or two other people who are watching you on the backside of the camera. Yes, we had here a little bit, I think, quite an open uh, situation, maybe also because we had two really two interesting guides. One guide was born in Switzerland and mm. two years then they went to, to, to Moscow because her father was the, the ambassador at the mm. UN uh, in Switzerland. And she has studied in, in Moscow and she had a little bit another background also to answer our questions. So it this was quite helpful. We, we were mostly we didn't have the same opinion, of course, but but we had uh, she, she was able to to understand better our also our perspective when we saw several things. But for the interviews, most of them we didn't we didn't prepare the questions before, or we didn't inform the persons we interviewed uh, before. We really. For example, on Pektusan, there were mm -hmm. hundreds of, of people mm. and we, we observed and then we, we just picked persons out of this crowd. Uh, yeah. which we were interested to, to ask them and it was quite a lot. Most of the interviews was quite spontaneously. So mm. uh, and we have just our translators with us. And and the most interesting thing was they asked us in the end of, of our trip, is it possible to see the, the film material before you leave the country and before um, you do this exhibition? Mm -hmm. And of course, it's, it's quite a key question. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, we had to answer, no, it's not possible because as a Western cultural institution, all our credibility is also about the independency uh, to, to work yeah. with, with our material. And of course, they, they accept it this the mm -hmm. answer but uh, when we in, in the airport uh, at the customer uh, the border control yes uh, i was really surprised that uh, when we went out they they didn't control one picture not on the photographs not on the movie cameras mm. and uh, that was really astonishing because i didn't thought that they that they would um, respect that and yeah. And the irony of all the story was uh, because we traveled directly from Pyongyang to Beijing and the next day from Beijing to Seoul yes. that uh, in, in South Korea, the border control um, controlled everything and we yes. had to leave all the North Korean materials at the border. And this was, I understand this, I think in the, in the other direction, it mm. would be of course completely the same yeah. but i didn't i didn't expect that because south korea of course is a democratic state and i didn't uh, realize that it could be so toxic to to bring this, right. this picture yes mm. any any item that praises the leadership or the system of north korea is forbidden to be brought yeah. into south korea under the national security law uh, without special yeah. permission were you able to receive those items back when you left south korea yes Yes, of course. Then, okay. uh, and we also discussed this uh, question also with uh, with the South Korean embassy in Bern. So we yeah. have a very good relationship uh, to to the also to the embassy of South Korea in Bern. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not of course a problem, but it's yeah. just uh, we were really surprised that in the north, uh, 
I thought they will check everything. And mm. uh, in this case, maybe it's just in this case, but in this case, it wasn't this way. Uh, now, how is your exhibition organized? I noticed that your uh, the videos that you shared with me, there are certain themes. There's uh, mountains and the city, or mountains in the city, uh, mountains and art, mountains and pedagogy, uh, the mountain of mountains, referring to Pectusan, <laughs> uh, mountains and skiing, uh, mountains and fun or merriment. What's the, the sort of organizational process behind how you show the videos? Yes, we, we built uh, about 10 rooms on, on two floors and yeah. a room means there is a big screening uh, like in the, in the cinema and with these very slow images so for example the first room uh, yes one of the first room is the the morangong park in pyongyang on a sunday uh, and um, that's of course a very special place in in Pyongyang. It's quite idyllic. It's a very nice uh, park with 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 old trees and, yes. and a lot of green and and a little lake with boats on it. So it's it's in a way too idyllic. <laughs> and yeah. we 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 like to start there. And Morangbong, Bong the hill, uh, has also a place where you have a quite a nice view on a, a part of the skyline of. of Young. So uh, we thought it's a, it's a good start to show uh, a, a completely other perspective of what we think is, is Pyongyang. Uh, maybe it's absolutely not representative for what is Pyongyang, but it's, uh, it's, it doesn't correspond with our imagination of the capital of yeah. North Korea. And in this relaxed atmosphere of a Sunday uh, with, with families and people are picnicking there, we, we started our first interviews and found, for example, three teachers, three women, and mm. they talked about their first trip to, to Pektusan as a child. Yes. And, I saw and that I video. Uh, and I wanted, <laughs> actually, I wanted to ask you about that because one of the women, uh -huh. even though, yeah. as you say, the, the interview is not scripted, it's, it's spontaneous, uh, but the one woman, when she's talking about her first trip as a young girl, I think she was in the fourth grade of, of primary school, and she went to Pectusan, and she said that she stood there at the edge of the lake, and she remembered or she realized that the great leader Kim Il-sung had stood there in the same place and held a revolver into the sky and said, this country is liberated. And she said, and my small heart became as big as the sky at that moment and it's you know as a westerner it's it's difficult to understand that immediate connection of the place with a leader who she probably has never met in her lifetime yes yes absolutely it's it's this huge patriotism and and this to link even the the most uh, intimate feelings of a yeah. person is always linked with this with this whole community but when when um, I'm now almost uh, almost 60 and in my primary school we went then uh, every class had to go to the Firwaldstättersee uh, to the Rütli mm -hmm. that is a meadow a mythic uh, place where the old uh, Swiss people in the thir 13th century um, uh, started the battle against the Austrians and yeah. <laughs> every school class had to go there to to I think we were the last one who did this um, to 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 have the spirit of this of this old Swiss um, state. And for me, it was 
more uh, about that. So there's a lot of political correct language sometimes mm -hmm. in these answers. And sometimes there, uh, then in, in, um, in this interview, she also said afterwards she had been a second time on Pectusan. Yes. And she thought, uh, I have to do something big for this state. But uh, now the woman says, I'm now about, yes, uh, 50, or 50 or 60. I, I never did this. So uh, it's, it's a kind also a little bit of uh, not ironization, but she, this, this high mountain and yeah. all this value of this mountain is then in the end of the interview is, is not really gets more personal. And I think, um, yes, it's difficult to accept in a way or to understand this, this, this language always with this, with the thankfulness to mm -hmm. the system. But in a way, it's, of course, also the rules of, of the game that mm -hmm. when they are in front of a camera of a Western team, I think mm. um, there are some elements you have uh, to say. <laughs> and we had one interview with a couple where the woman talks very, in, in an almost private way in Kungangsan about the beautiness of the mountains. Yeah. And we stopped, the, we, we finished the interview. And then after finishing the interview, the, her husband said, oh, I like to add something. And then he adds, I like to thank to the great leader for, yes. for, for this wonderful landscape. And I think that's a, a quite a typical moment that he uh, reflected, okay, uh, she she talked just about her emotions, but not about the system. And then mm. he had to add this this element, right? But it's it's more than uh, than just the system, I guess, isn't it? Because I I can understand uh, you gave the example that you as a young man went to uh, or as a boy went to a lake and learnt about the history of Switzerland and the independence of the Swiss Federation from uh, from you know the the kingdoms around it. Uh, mm. and, and, and that that I can see that similarity. But if I ask you to name for me immediately who was the president of Switzerland on that day when you went to that lake, <laughs> that might be a bit more difficult. But here yeah, in North yeah, Korea, in North Korea, it's always the system as personified uh, in yeah. the personality of the father, Kim Il Sung, but also especially the son, because they, you know, they teach, as you know, uh, they teach that Kim Jong-il was born there, right? One of the mountains is named after yeah. him, Jong-il-bong, because yeah. that's where he was born. So there's a very, it's much more than a, a, an identification with a system, but an identification with, a, with, with two men. And in fact, the, the, yeah. the, the name, if you look at uh, Korean children's books, they use this word, uh, uh, the Pektusan Great Ones, to refer collectively to Kim the father and Kim the son, so that, that there's that yeah. you you cannot separate uh, Mr. Kim and Mr. Kim from Pekto son. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and I think that's uh, what you really uh, when you see it uh, this this so-called birthplace of Kim Jong Il, this hut in the in the in the forest there, yeah. <laughs> is is really a, a big construction, a storytelling, uh, and and. Do you realize this also when you speak there with, with people? They have really like a mantra to repeat yeah. this, this, the same uh, answers. And uh, it's, um, it's quite obvious that this is uh, the reality for, the, for these people. Yes. Did you also film there? Yes, we did. It was, uh, for me, it was uh, one of the most impressive uh, moments because um, they, they really construct a, a story and this story with this wooden hut in this 
this humble humble yeah. situation is re remind me very to to these christian narratives of the of, of bethlehem yeah. and then uh, of course a child is born and in this night there was a bright star on the and it, it's quite uh, obvious and i think that the uh, wife of kimil's song she mm -hmm. was uh, she was christian and uh, so not the mother element, not the wife but the mother uh, the mother yes the mother of course uh, and i think these these elements uh, how they bring together these these different elements mm. is, is in a way quite uh, astonishing when you when you yeah. see when you see it and we could film there and also it was uh, there was a lot of construction places with the city of some uh, oh yes samjion samjion yes and so also the streets were quite muddy and a lot of trucks were there but yeah. then we could film uh, both elements a little bit, how they construct this mm -hmm. world and, and how it is represented. And for us, of course, sometimes it's like a, a deconstruction of the right. narrative to see how it, how it works. And it's interesting also, uh, you know, in the, in the past, North Korea regularly sent many leaflets to South Korea with balloons uh, over the demilitarized zone, propaganda leaflets. Uh, and yes, I've heard about that. Some of them, uh, especially around New Year, each year, there would be a, a photograph of Pektusan on a leaflet and some kind of message about, you know, we, we hope that this year uh, will be the year of unification of North mm -hmm. and South Korea. And then the, the leaflet would often be signed at the bottom by a group that called itself the, the Pektu Star Society. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we have that star of Bektusan again, you know, coming up in a, in a different context of this, uh, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. secret society, uh, you know, aiming for, uh, for a unification of the two Koreas. Mm. Mm. Uh, now, Switzerland has Alps, but so too do uh, Germany, Austria, Italy, France and Slovenia, amongst other countries. Does this change? Switzerland's spiritual relationship to the Alps in that it's it's shared with other countries? Um, yes, I think it's the Alps are one of the oldest uh, mountain ranges with with uh, where is um, civilization, uh, economy, trade. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you go, when you see to the, to the Rocky Mountains in Canada or in, in the US are, of course, a very impressive mountain range. And there are made, made also uh, people lived in this region. But uh, in, in the Alps were really um, since thousands of years, they, they had strong economical networks and relationships. And I think this is um, uh, an important part to understand mountains as a, also as a kind of ecosystem and mm. as a system for for societies. And in uh, in Korea, I'm I'm not so deep in this in this topic, but I had the the impression when I saw also in the museums in the north and in the south uh, the old paintings mm -hmm. that um, this the spiritual value of the mountains with mm. all the temples and this. Yeah. Uh, Buddhist uh, culture is is uh, really uh, impressive, and you find you still find um, some elements of this uh, even even in the north. Of course, mm. in the south there are a lot of uh, also of temples you can see. But uh, this was for me um, yes uh, an interesting point that these mountains are not. Uh, 
are not only a, a topography, it's also uh, a landscape with a, with a, uh, with a strong cultural uh, value. Yeah, and and one that's that's shared with its neighbours. I'm thinking, uh, you know, similarly to the fact that Switzerland has Alps, but so do its neighbouring countries. Uh, North Korea's Pektusan uh, is not only in the borders of North Korea. Uh, some of that mountain, maybe half of that mountain, is within China. Do North Koreans yes. talk about this and this shared relationship, or uh, well, and if so, how do they interpret this fact? I think the most important thing of this fact today is that uh, the other Koreans, the South Koreans, mm. uh, can visit Pektusan. They can do it from the Chinese side, yeah. uh, not from the North Korean side. And that is in, uh, especially in talks in South Korea, they said, yes, we have been on Pektusan, but mm. of course we would like to go from, from the right side and not from the Chinese side. Yeah. And I had one talk with a young South Korean and he said, but Pektusan is really a Korean mountain and not a mm. Chinese mountain. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, but in North Korea, they didn't talk about this, this border. And if I'm right, uh, this border um, is, is also a result of the, of the Korean War that then with the Chinese help, the border um, came uh, as, as it is today, I think before it was uh, in totally uh, a Korean mountain. If, but I'm not not completely sure if this is right. But that's what I, I was told that it was this way. Yeah, I think but, I uh, remember reading somewhere also that maybe not all of the mountain, but certainly more of the mountain was North Korea yeah. before, and there was some kind of a, uh, a border adjustment yeah. made between yeah. um, Chairman Mao of China and Kim Il Sung of North Korea, in which uh, more of the mountain was given to China. Uh, this is not something that is. Um, discussed widely in North Korea, yeah. as you can imagine, because it's a, yeah. it's a very sensitive point. Yes. And what is also interesting that uh, as a volcano, that uh, there are still activities yeah. uh, some years ago. They and I think that's, that is really an um, interesting point that, uh, the, that this um, meaning of Pektusan as a political, ideological mountain, mm. that they have a uh, some risk that yes. what's happening when this when this mountain has its own activities uh, and or That's can right. explode or whatever. Yeah. And I just saw this South Korean action movie, The Ash Ashfall, where the plot is that Mount Pektu breaks out. And I yeah. think it's of course also a symbol for a, a non-controlled activity. Mm -hmm. And this uh, uh, I don't know, but uh, when we talked about this about volcanism and activities uh, yeah. in North Korea, then they said, "No, it's 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 completely calm and it's not a problem." <laughs> wow, but yeah, it, it, that's uh, yeah. As a volcano, Pektusan uh, is not extinct; it's simply dormant, and that's one of those yeah. things that can can always uh, wake up and erupt, you know, when it when it wants to. And I also wonder, I mean, I'm not a volcanologist, obviously, or a, or a seismologist, but I wonder if um, underground nuclear tests can be something that can uh, affect seismic movements as well and, and have an impact on yeah. that. It's uh, yeah. maybe I should have someone on the podcast to talk about that in future. That, yes. That's an idea I've just got there. <laughs> Uh, also, okay. as part of this exhibition, you've prepared a 200-page magazine that's made available to viewers, uh, visitors. Unfortunately, it's only in German, but it, there are some essays written by people who have been on this podcast before. You've got uh, John Delury and Rudiger Frank and Sandra Fahey and others. 
so tell us a little bit about the contents of this magazine. Yes, it, it was quite clear for us that when we have this approach just to let talk the, the people in North Korea without comments, mm. then um, we have, of course, uh, also a, a lack in the sense of, uh, so what do you think about what you hear there? And mm. so we decided we really divide two medium. We have the, the film, the exhibition, and with no comments. And then we do a magazine where we try to, to give a, interpretation or a help to understand what you have seen in the exhibition mm -hmm. and with this uh, with this strategy we also could have our concept towards the north koreans that we said okay we, we do the exhibition as we told you in in the concept yeah. uh, and we have another another level uh uh, to give information in this in this magazine and of course this magazine was never a uh, part of of our negotiations now uh, with 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 the uh -huh. north korean side it's 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 our freedom to do this this magazine or to let it <laughs> yeah. and we we did it and uh, then it was important to to have the same uh, structure of the topics so yeah. the the chapters in the magazine are almost the film rooms in the exhibition ah. but we we looked for uh, for experts for example uh, when you have the film room with the school school lessons in yeah. pyongyang we found violet uh, kim mm. a person who studied bildungswissenschaften educational uh, oh, vocational training Yes, in 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 uh, she worked. Oh, with educational with science. Sorry, educational science. Yes, um, she studied in in Germany and came from uh, South Korea. She yeah. worked in Seoul also with with young refugees from the north, ah. uh, and so she gave us from her perspective, an idea, what is the effect, the impact of this educational system in North Korea on yeah, young yeah. people? And what is the effect for these people when they live afterwards in, in, uh -huh. in the South? And, and so it was an inside perspective of a person. Uh, and I think it, it helped a little bit also to see the Yes, the consequences of what we see in this uh, very disciplined um, history lesson in this yeah. classroom in Pyongyang. So I think with this toolbox, we, 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 we try to work to give the persons more background information, and but not in the sense of a simple comment. So you have to think this or that. Mm -hmm. So just we give them some more material to, right. to, to bring it together. Now, in doing the project, you also visited South Korea and made some films uh, in South Korea. How do South Korean people relate to mountains and how is that different or similar to North Koreans? Um, I think in, in South Korea, uh, it's so the, <clears throat> the, the leisure and the weekend activities are, of course, really like the same like in, 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 in Europe, mm. <laughs> more or less. They are really fond of mountains. I never saw such a uh, huge fan community of mountains like in South Korea. So yeah. the weekends in Seoul, when you are in the in the subway, in the metro, and you see like hundreds of thousands of people go to the to the um, uh, in in the mountainous regions of yes. of, of Seoul. That, that's really amazing. And uh, 
on uh, Jeju Island uh, to go to on the top of, of Halasan is really a folks uh, folks sport, I would yeah. say. And <clears throat> of course, it's not so an ideological thing. It's a more individual, private thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's quite similar to, to mountain activities in, in Europe or, or in, a, in a Western world. Yeah. But they... Uh, when we ask for this, uh, when we ask this question, what is the meaning of mountain now for this Korean peninsula? Of course, yeah. it's quite obvious that uh, the mountain range of Baek to Sun uh, is also for people in the south uh, part of a symbol of a possible connection. But mm. they are not so in this. Um, they are absolutely not euphoric or um, euphoric. Euphoric, yes, yeah. uh, about this, uh, about all these this unification topics, especially uh, yeah. young people. But they see, of course, that um, when we say let's talk about mountains, that we can talk about this about this topic. And I found some young people. They mm. said uh, uh, it it for them it would still be um, yes a, a vision, but of course with with a lot of question marks yeah. uh, how this vision uh, which vision <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and how you can transform it in a, in a reality yes now because in order to do this project you had to uh, get permission from the North Korean government and, and you were liaising with the, uh, the North Korean embassy in Switzerland uh, yeah, there might be some people who could listen to this podcast and think, oh, that they sound very well-meaning, but naive people uh, giving only a positive impression of North Korea, uh, you know, not leaving, you know, not talking about some of the ugly realities of, uh, of life in North Korea. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I think we have a, a huge gap between what we see and what we understand. So I realized this when, uh, the staff of the North Korean embassy, we invited them to see the exhibition and mm. they were quite nervous, of course, because they haven't seen the material before. Yeah. And uh, when they was arrived, maybe in the third room, they, they really were relaxed and they had the perspective to check if the answers are politically correct. So mm. in the North Korean sense, and they realized, okay, there is no comment. They really answer the questions as people did in North Korea. For our visitors, these answers are, of course, something completely different. Yeah. So they see that why this person answer in this way and this, this answer is not the personal answer, this is more a, a political answer or whatever. So is this person free? Is she really saying what she's thinking? Or So there are a lot of, of questions. I think in this special case of, of North Korea, you really can work with this method because the, the message you hear mm. is, uh, is different from the message uh, what you think uh, about. I think in another context, maybe it, it wouldn't work. But here, I, I, we have now about uh, 25,000 visitors. And I think I got maybe two or three emails yeah. who said, you are naive and that's uh, just uh, propaganda. Uh -huh. And we, we got a lot of messages that people were really impressed to have yeah. the chance to hear these uh, original answers and they thought they said oh that's sometimes that's really um it hurts me to yeah. to to listen to these answers and yeah. uh, i think um 
it was a method to work uh, this way. And after after almost uh, one year of exhibition, I'm quite sure that it, mm. that it really works also for our audience. It's interesting. What you said reminds me of the uh, the documentary film that there was a a Polish documentary maker named Andrzej Fidik, I think I think that's his name, uh, and he travelled to North Korea in 1988 at the invitation uh -huh. of the of the North Korean government. Uh, North Korea, of course, was at that time celebrating its 40th anniversary of establishing of the Republic of the DPRK. Yeah. And so he was there, uh, a Polish filmmaker in uh, a fellow so socialist country in North Korea. And he, you know, uh, visited all the different sites that you go to in North Korea, you know, the birthplace of Kim Il-sung and the different revolutionary sites. And then he filmed a, a parade through the streets of Pyongyang. And the parade was a very uh, tightly uh, choreographed and it was a nighttime parade. So the North Koreans were all carrying uh, burning torches at nighttime uh -huh. through the streets of Pyongyang. And he, uh, I think as a Polish man, watched this mm -hmm. and, and thought, oh, this reminds me of something I of saw course. many years ago in Germany, you know. Yes. Uh, and so what's so interesting, have you seen that documentary that I'm talking about? It's called The Parade. No, unfortunately not. No, what, I, I saw several, but this one I haven't seen, but I have to do them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what, what is so effective about the parade is that he doesn't give any narration or talking. The only words that you hear are the explanation from the North Korean guides about uh, this is this place where Kim Il-sung was born and it is special because blah, blah, blah. And this is, you know, where uh, the great leader Kim Il-sung uh, vowed to defeat the Japanese imperialists. And so all you hear are the messages that the North Korean state wants you to hear. And so North Korea was very happy with the product that he completed. But when the film was shown in Europe, it had a, a it was received very differently by the audiences. And after that, the North Korean uh, embassy was not so happy anymore. <laughs> yes, I can. But I was really astonished uh, in, in my several talks with the embassy of North Korea and Switzerland that their perspective, that they kept in a way the, the perspective of North Koreans, even if they live in, in, in Switzerland. And yes. their children go in Bern in, in the public school. So yeah. they live in a way in a, in a double world. <laughs> and yes. I thought that they would also see the pictures with our eyes in a way and mm -hmm. to see a little bit how it could be the impact for our visitors but it it was never a topic to talk about that so they just they just kept had their perspective of north koreans uh, living in switzerland and, uh, yes. and for us it was of course easier to work this way and now they um, even the, when the ambassador came some weeks later they yeah. were really very positive towards this project and also the the south korean embassy came to the to the exhibition oh, yeah. and and were very positive that we we did this this initiative to huh. uh, to work with with this topic of, of of mountains that's interesting so you've actually had a, a positive a positive response from both koreas 
Yes, and that's really extraordinary because in yeah. the same time we had in Bern an art exhibition and both with, with, um, from Uli Sik, his uh, art collection. Yeah. So they presented uh, North Korean art uh, and South Korean art in the same exhibition. Oh, and wow. both, uh, both uh, embassies yeah. um, didn't want to visit the exhibition. Ah. And <laughs> we learned, of course, it's not possible to invite both embassies in the yeah. same moment, but uh, right. we did then a preview before the opening for the North Koreans. And yeah. in the opening, we invited the South Korean embassy and ah. they came, uh, the whole staff, <laughs> more or less. And it was for us really impressive. And yeah, also yeah. they estimated that, that we have done this. And it was also uh, our aim to do something which could have a positive, at least a, a positive perception and yeah. not an obstacle for other things. That's remarkable. So you had at the same time in Switzerland, two exhibitions, one which was uh, negatively received by both embassies and one which was positively received by both embassies. Yes, yes, in this case, it was this way. But uh, the art exhibition was excellent. So uh, we also cooperated together. We did also guided visits in both exhibitions. Ah. And, uh, but for the two embassies, I yeah. think that the art exhibition was uh, too political for them. Right. And in our case, it was uh, a little bit different. Yes. Have you ever invited North Korean diplomats to go hiking in Swiss Alps with you? <laughs> That's a very good idea. No, I didn't, uh, but I think I should do it. But yeah. um, uh, bec uh, yes, we like to invite our two guides uh, who did the work with us in, in North Korea. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have now the, the, the with the COVID situation, it, yeah. it was impossible. And maybe if this COVID situation would be, maybe it would be possible. Even this is not sure, of course, mm. but uh, uh, we spoke about that three years ago with the embassy and we said we like to invite them and uh, would you help us to, to, to establish this, this, this contact and that they, they can travel. And uh, then they said, yes, of course, we, we are uh, positive. Yeah. They also said in the room with the painter, uh, why you don't invite this painter to Switzerland that he could paint here uh, Swiss mountains in this uh, North Korean style? <laughs> and, right. and he said, okay, that's an interesting idea. When you, uh, when you help us to bring him to Switzerland, then we help that he can paint uh, mountains here. And so I had the impression that these cultural contacts um, yeah. could be really a channel uh, we, we don't use at the moment. Mm. Switzerland has no official cultural contacts uh, with North Korea, really nothing. Huh. And that's, I think we have humanitarian aid yes. and we have a lot some NGOs working there, but yep. uh, uh, official contacts we have on political level, of course, but cultural projects uh, exist. And I think for me, it would be quite interesting perspective to, to think uh, for the future is, are there not also other possibilities mm. to have some cultural contacts, but in both directions, of course. Yes, let's hope that that can, can re-continue after uh, the end of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, yes. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Beat Hechler, for coming on the uh, NK News podcast today and telling us about the exhibition. Let's talk about mountains. Thank you. It, it was 
it's a big chance to to do it in this uh, for this audience and yeah. uh, maybe where we have the chance also to to bring the exhibition in other countries i don't know at the moment but we try of course that would be great. And as you said, there is a uh, museum about mountains in Korea, uh, in Sokcho. So maybe that can be a place in South Korea, I mean, to exhibit your uh, your show there. For our listeners who are in or near Switzerland now, you can go to the Swiss Alpine Museum in Bern to check out the exhibition. Let's talk about mountains until July 3rd. So do go and see it if you can. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you already have an NK News subscription, take a look at our NK Pro platform, which offers unparalleled services specifically catered to the needs of professionals who monitor developments on the Korean Peninsula. Inquire about access at membership at nknews.org today. Also, if you have feedback, questions or guest recommendations, please email us at podcast at nknews.org. Our thanks, as always, to Arius Dare and Brian Betts for facilitating this podcast and to Gabby Magnuson, our post-recording producer genius. Thanks and listen again next time. Mm-hmm.